Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today we have an epic match. <laughs> it was the one that was destined years ago to take place specifically on this podcast. In this corner, the one to the left, we have a movie featuring the most memeable title since Snakes on a Plane, or at least most memeable featuring an animal since Snakes on a Plane. In the other corner, we have the third entry in an unexpectedly solid sequel trilogy, one that absolutely no one not named Sylvester Stallone was asking for. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing a double feature review today. Double feature is number one. We're going to start with Cocaine Bear, and then we're going to move on to Creed 3. As always, we are going to start with an icebreaker question before moving into two spoiler-free reviews of each film. And then once we're done talking about the ins and outs of how well these films work, we'll make a choice, a tough choice, perhaps, of which film is the better movie. And now... For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Joining me today, as always, an award-winning Oklahoma filmmaker and co-host on the Cinematic Schematic, Laron Chapman. Laron, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Twice in one week, we, we, and the, the variety, we're going from Oscars to coked <laughs> out animals to, 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 to boxing matches all in one week. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, it's a good time. The jack of all trades. Doesn't matter the genre, I'm here for it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited because our other special guest, I want to like, I like to imagine that he was uh, actually a part of the story behind Cocaine Bear, in fact. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> like, there's the tourists taking photos in the movie, and then we have our other guest, curbside chronicle editor, concert photographer, and as we like to refer to him as Oklahoma's favorite son, Nathan Poppy. Nathan, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me again. I know it's been a minute, but uh, happy to be back. Well, you know, I thought since uh, we talked about the God of Thunder, it was only natural that you talked about drugged up animals the connection's pretty strong right it is so straightforward it's crazy obviously <laughs> i would need to be back to talk about this bear and his cocaine <laughs> it's very important i you know I, I can't wait to talk with you a little more about how you perhaps maybe photographed the cocaine bear uh you know this is based on a true story ladies and gentlemen after all <laughs> loosely <laughs> so so loosely <laughs> so loosely oh my gosh before we get into the conversation today, looking at two of these films back to back, I wanted to note that if you're listening to the show and you enjoy the conversation, make sure to support us by subscribing and leaving us a rating and review on your preferred podcast app. Why is that? Well, someone's got to pay for the cocaine to keep the bear happy, okay? <laughs> with that said, we're going to start things off like we always do with this week's icebreaker question. Gentlemen, it's not super often that we talk about animals on the big screen, the titular animals specifically. Every once in a while we get one, you know, anaconda, a bug's life perhaps. <laughs> Not super often though. Most of them are kind of like left to the sci-fi channel. Growing up, I have a huge soft spot for movies named after animals. And it, it made me realize, wow, I don't think, Laron, you and I have ever talked about this topic. And Nathan, you and I certainly have never talked about <laughs> our favorite films featuring an animal. I would have remembered this. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah very yeah. important. So I have to ask you, what is your favorite film starring or featuring an animal that is also included in the title? The Ron Chapman. Well, it's already kind of been referenced uh, uh, slightly here, but Anaconda is probably my favorite creature feature um, that has the animal in the title and delivers on the B movie thrills. Um, I can still watch that movie and and have a blast with it. The sequel, not so much, but it there's just a lot going on in that, and it, it's a blast. So Anaconda for me. I I was sure you were going to say where the crawdads sing. <laughs> <laughs> that one's scary for different reasons, but yeah, you know Anaconda. Then also Deep Blue Sea doesn't have the title of the animal in it, but I think very similar. You know, in the sense that. You're giving the animal a kind of heightened advantage in some capacity. Deep so. Blue Sea and Jaws. I mean, because Jaws also doesn't have the animal title right. in the name, you know. Uh, well, yeah. we, but then the, the seas both, in it, though. So yeah. I guess it's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just 
some, there's a reason the animals are not featured in the title often because yeah. what do you say? Shark? No, no, <laughs> shark is boring. Clearly, shark is not a very interesting title because we don't get shark for Jaws or Deep Blue Sea or any of those movies. We have to put it, we have to combine it with a tornado and mm-hmm. we get Sharknado. It's a great title. It's not a great movie, but it's a great title. I always forget that the Anaconda in Anaconda is Christian name is Gary Anaconda. <laughs> so that that definitely checks out. Yeah. That's a perfect perfect choice. Related in any way to Angela Anaconda, that show from like the <laughs> 2000s or the 90s? <laughs> what even is that? I don't I just know there was a sh- there was a short fort in front of the Digimon movie. That's all I know about that show. <laughs> yes, there uh, was. Listen, Laron, low-hanging fruit man, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Come on. Man, these are missed opportunities. I went too far. I'm nostalgic for JLo and you know Ice Cube and, and John Voigt before he turned into a crazy conservative white winger you know so yeah you know those were the days those were the days mm-hmm. that's a good one nathan poppy what is your selection oh man this is easy Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> which one wait, though wait, the, the yeah original. which one oh yeah the, oh, yeah, the, okay. the original because uh, not air buddies I, no there, there's too many to count there he goes to space he travels in time no dog is that talented it just right. gets unbelievable after a certain right. point but, he played uh, basketball. That was far enough, guys. <laughs> I, I still use the line from that movie, ain't nothing in the rule book says a dog can't play basketball. It works for any time I pick up a basketball. So <laughs> I'm going to have to go with that. Just the strength of that one line. Well, anytime that you know, you're playing a game and you need to cite why the rules are BS, <laughs> there's not a rule that says a dog can't play this game. So I, I don't understand. Listen, guys, I mean, lots of great options here. We got Planet of the Apes, which is a one that I like quite a bit. There's Dog Day Afternoon. There's no actual dogs in that movie, but I, it does well. have um, a, fi- a fish called Wanda. Sorry, if you're asking, these are very random. You know, I actually would say I would actually go with A Bug's Life because I think it's a sweet movie. I prefer it to Ants, but I do like Ants as well. Ants is clever. That's one of those DreamWorks was trying to do counter programming at the time, and but people didn't understand that. So it just looked like a knockoff. But it really was a different kind a of different story. Did yeah. it come out at the same the time? Same year, I think. Is either the same? It was like a, the same like eighteen month period for sure. Armageddon, sudden impact thing yeah. where you're yep. not even sure which one you which saw. Is which. Or, or White House Down and uh, Olympus Has Fallen was in the same year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> snakes on a train coming out the same day as snakes on a plane. That, really, <laughs> that threw some people. That should I'm be sure. next. That me out. You know, it's funny. I love my favorite thing to do sometimes is stopping at Redbox just to see. <laughs> All the knockoff movies that get released at the same time as the blockbusters. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get some really interesting ones in there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, what is your favorite movie featuring an animal title? Is it The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Is it The Lion King? Is it any superhero movie ever made? Is it The Butterfly Effect? Let us know <laughs> by sending us an email at thecinemetropolis at gmail.com. Uh, we look forward to hearing your feedback. With all that said, though, let's go ahead and jump into our spoiler-free review of the first movie in our competition today, Cocaine Bear. <laughs> Millions of dollars worth of cocaine fell from the sky this morning in Knoxville, Tennessee. There's more this out there. They dumped it somewhere. I'm looking for my daughter. Forest is a dangerous place. Henry! Check it out. Something got into it. A deer, maybe. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on you. The bear. It fucking did cocaine. A bear did cocaine. Now, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, there is a cocaine bear in this movie. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. He did you does. see the same movie as me? The bear does find cocaine. So just I need listeners to understand that. That does happen, <laughs> does happen in the film. Those two things do occur. You know, I normally start describing the movie with an IMDb synopsis, but I think Nathan just... Played it out there for me. There's the plot. Y'all. That's the plot. Uh, a bear discovers cocaine and then shenanigans ensue. I yeah. never told you guys. I, I actually named the movie for for the for the production company. They were just try, racking their brain oh, trying to man. come up with that one. <laughs> I walked is. in two minutes later. Boom. Boom. Very inspiring. You're like I I was there. I I shot. I photographed the cocaine bear. Because <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, a couple of fun facts I want to share about this movie. The first is that this film is loosely inspired by the events surrounding a 175 
pound American black bear that died after ingesting a duffel bag full of cocaine in December of 1985. Man, Nathan, the years look good on you, man. You're doing great with the aging part. Thanks. Uh, the cocaine had been dropped out of an, uh, an airplane piloted by Andrew Thornton II, a former narcotics officer and convicted drug smuggler, because his plane was carrying too heavy a load. And then, much like we see in the movie, spoilers for the first 30 seconds, Thornton then jumped out of the plane with a faulty parachute and died. And the bear, who died sometime after consuming the cocaine, was found three months later in northern Georgia alongside 40 open plastic containers of cocaine. So that's the origin story. It's like they decided that the bear just didn't have a good enough ending, so they created their own. Well, see, here's the thing, Laurent. There's a lot of things that there's a lot we don't know. Yeah. You know, we know this guy died jumping out of the airplane, and then we know that a bear was eventually found who died after ingesting cocaine. Yeah. There was a whole thing. This is a true story. We this yeah. is everything that we missed. Yeah. <laughs> What's hard to believe is there were not several cocaine squirrels right? that were right. created from the same incident. Like just the whole woodland area, just all the animals oh, running amok. It yeah. gets expensive. Yeah. Cocaine <laughs> National Forest also doesn't have <laughs> the same well, That's where it. we're going. You better believe we're going there. <laughs> so here's a fun, another fun fact about this movie. A little surprising to me. Uh, this movie has really had a somewhat unexpected groundswell of support, like outside of the meme, because this movie has been a huge hit at the box office. It had a $23 million opening weekend, which for a non air quotes, non IP you know, not based off a comic book, book, whatever known property is actually really successful, especially for a movie of uh, the lower budget, uh, like Cocaine Bear. And uh, it has a 69 uh, at the time of recording a 69 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe that's also part of the prank. It's a 69 percent. Nice. But uh, <laughs> people seem to be liking this movie, which leads me to ask the question, Nathan, as a person who has lived the Cocaine Bear story firsthand. <laughs> What is your take on this movie? Uh, I am I'm I'm pretty lukewarm on the cocaine bear. Uh, I did have uh, somewhat high <laughs> expectations. How high? Going into this per, per, cocaine bear high. <laughs> um, I'm a fan of Elizabeth Banks, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, one of my favorite comedies. So with her in the director's seat, I was expecting something uh, a lot like goofier and funnier um i don't want to spoil too much but it is a super violent uh it's pretty gross uh more often than not and after a certain point the laughs kind of disappear and it takes a more heavy and sentimental route but uh i was a little lukewarm on it i my biggest beef with the bear is that cocaine does so many different things to said bear Makes him sleepy, makes him watch butterflies and trip out, makes him uh, <laughs> terribly angry sometimes to the point where he has superpowers and can jump into a moving ambulance. <laughs> um, I wanted a few more rules for the cocaine bear, but there's probably somebody that said that on set and they got mauled immediately. But, uh, you know, it it was an okay first couple acts and the third act, I, it just kind of... They it felt like they also like the the real cocaine bear. They're like, well, I don't know how I'm going to end this. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned someone on set probably saying, Should, "I'm a little confused about like why cocaine does all these things." And you know, the the cocaine bear was actually played by a mocap actor, the same one who played King Kong in Godzilla versus Kong. So I, I, I can just imagine someone asking, looking at the script and saying, "Wait, wait, I don't understand." And the and he just looks over and he says. It's a coked up bear. There are no rules. Right. What do you want? I, I've, I've studied the bears for, for days. <laughs> and let me assure you, there are no rules. I'm going to call my friend Andy Circus, the only other guy that I'm aware of that does this. <laughs> and see if this is okay. He says it's fine. Have fun. He says, he says he's on the set of the Batman and, uh, and his Alfred uh, accent. He says it's fine. Uh, okay, so a little bit lukewarm. Uh, it sounds like not the best bag of coked up bear. But uh, LeBron Chapman, what did you think of cocaine bear? Um, I'm I'm pretty warm without being boiling hot on this. Um, I had fun with it. I appreciated the spirited performances, particularly from Margot Martindale. I think she still runs away with the whole movie. Um, and the two, two kids, um, they had some great moments together. 
Um, I can't remember her, the actress's name, but she was in the Florida Project. She was great. I thought that was that's the same kid. That's the same girl. The, the, oh the girl God. that breaks your heart at the end of Florida Project is was the the little girl who took cocaine. She well, does hold well, her own. Yeah, she holds her own. And yeah. I thought the two kids had a, a funny dynamic between them. I think there were a little too many characters, and some that were kind of inconsequential or underutilized, or just didn't have much of you know much to say comedically or narratively. Um, so I think that's where it kind of gets in the way where it's like pulls away from the more interesting parts of its absurd premise instead of like really just leaning into it when it does lean into it though. Like it's, it's a blast, you know, like there were, there were three or four set pieces in this where I literally was like crying in tears laughing, but admittedly they are kind of few and far between as, as it goes along. But I think there was just enough for me to service saying like this was a solid 90 minutes you know, at the at the theater, you know, for with the premise and a title of of Cocaine Bear. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so I'll probably come down in the middle between you two. I'm like slightly warmer than you, Nathan. I think mm-hmm. because uh, I, I the, the 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 sort of like set pieces that Laurent described. I think I think there's at least three three solid ones. Yeah, three that three that I really really I was. I was like, this is why I showed up to the movie. The especially the one with the ambulance that involved the ambulance. Yeah. Uh yeah. I I was laughing so hard. So hard that like people in the audience started looking at me. <laughs> like dude, it was, Are you on cocaine? <laughs> no, I'm dead serious though. I was like put that brick down, <laughs> sir. <laughs> um and it was just it, it was it was masterful. And yet the story in between the set pieces just is not there. The characters are not quite there. They try, but I didn't find any of the characters particularly compelling. I, I mean, outside of like their, the ones that had a single shtick. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. It's the ones where they actually tried to flesh it out. I'll be honest, the entire Carrie Russell subplot, I was like, I don't care sure. at all about any of this. And that's sort of like the emotional yeah. beat. Anytime this film is leaning into the very transgressive, super gory humor, Mm. I'm all there. I think it's great. Whenever it's leaning on very tired Hollywood tropes because it doesn't know what else to do, which unfortunately I would say is the majority of the movie, I think this movie is a huge missed opportunity. Sure. Um, it's a movie that at night, like just over 90 minutes, I still felt like it could have been 25 minutes shorter, which is weird. It Be- dragged in parts, mm-hmm. especially in the middle. And I'm like, 90 minutes, guys. Why is how do I why am I bored on someone's neck right now? Why am I listening to this conversation? And when it takes, they do a fair amount of setup too. Because I remember yeah. thinking, okay, so when's okay? We we get you get the tease with the bear at the very beginning, sure. And then it's if he, I, again, I didn't time it, but it felt like a solid like twenty plus minutes before the bear does anything again. Sure. And I, the whole time I was like, I know Han Solo, washed up Han Solo, is supposed to be kind of charming, and I do love O'Shea <laughs> Jackson Jr. pretty much anytime he's doing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm like, I, you know, let's just, I, I get it. We all, we're all going to go to this mountain and things are going to happen. Let's just, just get us all there. I don't need to understand. I really don't care why you're there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't care. Uh, it almost needed to be more kitschy, like a little bit more, just, le- and again, just lean into the absurd. Because it, it feels like when it's not doing those, like when it's not revving it up to, to 110, you know, that yeah. it's it's really just kind of treading water. Exactly. And, it shouldn't, and that should never be what you describe when you're talking about a B movie that's supposed to be a, just a blast in, in that sense. But, mm-hmm. but the highs... Did it for you. The highs did it for me. There's just enough. There was just enough for me to be like, okay, I have three moments that I will go back and rewatch. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how I look at this it. This is it's like it feels like a, a YouTube miniseries. It could have been a YouTube miniseries, and yeah. it would have been better because that's the thing. I will absolutely pull up those three set pieces when I think about yeah. them yeah. and watch them again on YouTube. No it's, doubt. Yeah. Am I ever gonna sit down and watch this movie? Ever like a whole from start to finish ever again. No, would I watch it if it's playing on? I mean, back in the old days, whenever we had cable and things just popped up on TV, would I have sat and watched it on the sci fi channel while I was doing my homework or something? Yeah, you know, probably. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. so, so, so Nathan, it sounds like the, the meme, the movie didn't live up to the meme for you then. No, not really. Um, I just, I just, I wanted, I wanted more from Cocaine Bear. Give me like three characters to care about as opposed to the kind of mixed bag. And you mentioned the two kiddos. They are good. They're probably the stronger performances in the movie. Uh, Some of the characters probably could have taken some notes, 
from <laughs> those two kids. But give me some, like, give me more of that good stuff because they honestly, uh, like, I I was like, where where did they go? <laughs> they were Are so they, yeah. fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, they have a they have a couple. I mean, even without the bear. They're, like when it's just the kids in the scene by themselves without the bear, those are really fun scenes. I also thought there's like a little gang of teenagers that was was kind of funny too. Uh, I, again, I should say, well used, well deployed, uh, <laughs> stereotypical teenagers. I should say. Uh, I th- I didn't really like the characters, but they were they were, they were yeah. really fun uh, to watch. Uh, Laron, uh, so so the the movie does live up to the meme for you. For me, it it I'll share it. I won't share it next week, but I'll share it. I'll share it this week. You know what I mean? Like it, it'll, you know, so just, I don't think that's an instant classic by any means. Um, but I guess it, it made, for, and honestly, I think what really helped with, with my screening in particular was I saw it with a packed house of people who were all into it. We'll see how I feel about it next, you know, when it's streaming or when it's on, you know, was uh, the crowd like cheering for the bear. I I yeah. Was, yeah I was cheering for I was yeah. Team Bear okay. guys I'm not even were you guys not on Team Bear I think outside of the kids they didn't care who got <laughs> got ripped up Jimmy Carter comes on we screen and they're like get him get him <laughs> cheer him they're cheering that wasn't an unexpected cameo I have to say <laughs> it was this also really pro bear crowd you need to understand this. I, I do think it's I did think it was hilarious again I don't know if it really adds any sort of like weight to the movie it was kind of fun to see those anti-drug PSAs they played in the 80s used as the backdrop at the beginning basically as if the filmmakers were like you see those these were total bullshit coke is awesome <laughs> just look at it look, look at the bear that, that's what I, I mean that was sort of like at my takeaway um you know a little tongue-in-cheek uh, well, I guess, you know, the other big thing I just want to hit on here is the VFX. Again, as I mentioned, this was a mocap bear. I didn't realize. I mean, I knew it was CG. Yeah. Um, but they use Weta, right? The yeah. same Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings, tech. Avatar, Planet of the Apes. It's wild. They, all those that, people. they just committed that much to that. <laughs> They've lowered the bar for what they will pour all of their <laughs> time and attention into. If you ask really nicely, they'll make whatever you want. <laughs> hey, Laron, mm-hmm. I got an idea for yep. your next movie. Uh-oh. I, we should maybe ask them really nicely mm-hmm. about the sequel, Cocaine Squirrel. Cocaine Squirrel. Squir- there needs to be squirrels. There needs to be like an army of squirrels that are mm-hmm. just, just like salivating, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> and we can have Andy Serkis can play the squirrels. There, all yeah, of them. Absolutely. All, all 30. At once. At once. <laughs> yes. Exactly. He can do it. He can, he can do, do it. it. He can pull it off. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness! Well, but did the VFX work for you? Um, you know, I think that's what that's what did work for me. As honestly, like it was a hybrid of this hyper realism and then also, also this cartoonish like it to remind you that you're watching a satire. Like not to take this too seriously, um, but it was just menacing and visceral enough. Whenever it gets down and dirty, when it actually does go and lean into that. Um, that it worked effectively where I was like, oh, that's gnarly. You know what I mean? Like where it didn't take me out of it. It feels real enough, but also absurd enough that I can, you know what I mean? Live in that weird realm between those two universes. So yeah, I thought it was employed really well. Nathan, did that CG sell you on the cocaine bear? Did it look like the real thing? I just wish they would have used a real cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Where were all the bears? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know you can train those, and it, <laughs> frankly, I feel like they didn't even try. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, the bear works. The bear works very well. Uh, they clearly put their time and attention. Like, who who better to try to bring something like that to life than that crew? Mm-hmm. So uh, as far as the look and feel and some of the badass growls from the bear, that all worked just fine. Mm-hmm. So we're not doing a spoiler section, but I will say related to some technical decisions – they had the most obs- uh, bizarre editing choice at the towards the end of the third act, related to the hiker that we see in the tease. Mm. You know what I'm t- you're referring to? Like the little bumper that they have. Yeah, at the, yeah, it, the also, end? there's that, there's the one at the beginning where you know the, the, we see the hiker, right? Mm-hmm. I did wonder where did he go? He ran right. off, but then like, well, people discover him later, and what I consider to be one of the most bizarre editing choices I've seen in a movie in a very long time. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where they flash back to something that just happened, and you're like, "Wait, why did why did you?" <laughs> that flash could have back? just been a scene. Yeah, it didn't need to be. I remember <laughs> you 
you have uh, an enormous beard, and you started the movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tormund Giant Spain is here, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, anyway, we'll talk about it more off air because I don't want to spoil it, but there's definitely like a mo- that I have to say, well, every once in a while, I, you know, I normally don't worry too much about editing unless it's just actively like I can't follow what's going on. I followed what was going on, but I was like, how it feels like they had a bad take they didn't want to use. So they're like, but we got this shot. So like, what if we just frame it like a flashback? <laughs> it's a very weird choice. I just, it's not a deal breaker. It's just such a small detail, but I don't know. There was a few weird things like that where I was like, why did you edit it that way? Yeah. And it, cause it feels intentional and it's not necessarily They forgot bad. and they it just, just tacked it on at the end. Like, oh, we didn't put this in. It's fine. They won't care. Put it there in the credits. Mm-hmm. They'll be fine. Well, I will say I did wait through the credits cause I was sure we were going to get a cocaine bear to teaser. And let me, let me tell you, you got a cocaine, growl. Cocaine, get a growl. We did get a growl, but so maybe that's cocaine bear is not going to be in uh, the Kang Wars or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> it's unfortunate. I know. Uh, all right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and, and uh, give our letter grade here. I feel like there's not much more to say about the cocaine bear than what we've <laughs> said. But uh, Laurent Chapman, what letter grade would you give cocaine bear? I'm going to go right with a B with this. Like a just smack down the middle with a B. Um, I think it's that kind of a quintessential B movie, and I think it. Delivered on the gnarly thrills that I wanted from this. I just, I do wish it was a little tighter and maybe even a little nastier, you know, like, but um, I was happy enough with it. So I'll give it a B. B, man. That is a really strong rating, Laron. Is glad, it strong? I, I don't I'm know. glad you like that. I'm go, I'm you glad just bumped you... it up to 70%, buddy. Way to go. That's <laughs> You're right. Nice. You're right. It's 70% of Rotten Tomatoes, according to Laron <laughs> and the Cinematropolis. Right Why now. would you take it off 69? <laughs> <laughs> you monster. <laughs> C++++++++. Well, see, yeah, but see, you can also still submit it as a negative. Okay, anyway, Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> is weird, guys. Uh, Nathan, Poppy, what letter grade would you give Cocaine Bear? I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to give the B movie a C-. Uh, mostly due to my gripes from before. I don't think that's going to bother, and it hasn't bothered a lot of people as much as me. But uh, yeah, probably not running out to see that anytime soon. But I am. I do want to give it some credit for starting off with the same song that Wet Hot American Summer did. Uh, that did. It came in hot at the beginning, and I got super jazzed on that. So it was a strong, like the whole opening plus the teaser at the front, like all of that was super fun. Yeah. And then the rest that of the worked. movie did not, did not live up to the tease. Uh, I'm also going to give it a C minus. I, I was thinking straight C, but I just, I will watch the clips on YouTube. And the yeah. fact that like, that's where my head is, is like, yeah, that means this is not a very good movie. <laughs> I, the, the sequences are amazing. Sure. And I just wish the rest of the movie and the main plot could have leaned into the really ridiculous gore silliness of it. Uh, SNL sketch, what Hot American Summer, like make the whole movie feel like that. You I was know? kind of like hoping for a cocaine bear meter and it and it slowly fills up and you see it at the bottom of your screen. Always <laughs> oh, gassing up. It's yeah. coming up. And Powers it, up. You're just like, oh, here it comes. Every, <laughs> time, he, got every time he swallows another block, it's just, oh shit, here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my advice. But. That would be incredible. That is a great video Man, game. You should have uh, uh, wrote this movie. Adaptation <laughs> choice. I would have watched the hell out of that. Oh, and then the crowd goes crazy whenever it shoots mm. up after a kill. or That would have been hilarious. <laughs> oh, really, like every single time. You know, it would get the audience excited like watching a video game though. It's like gonna go shit. <laughs> maybe they, maybe Cocaine Bear just should have been a video game. Then is that? Maybe? I think it will be now. But oh. <laughs> I'd played, play it. I'd play it. <laughs> I played Untitled Goose Game. I would play Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. I think that would. Yeah, I think you're the right. The movie, the game, the movie, the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of video games, whether you liked it or not, what would be another thing you'd recommend in the same vein as Cocaine Bear? Whether it be a movie, television show, novel, song, video game. Nathan Poppy, what you got? Man, uh, the 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 perfect marriage of like humor and guts and gore is uh, always going to be Shaun of the Dead for me. Uh, different tone, uh, and you know we've got plenty of zombies and infected out there. But man, what a perfect blend of the two things. So as far as like horror comedy goes, that is the tip top of my list. Funny, smart, gross, weird. That's tip top. Also, I just want to say Wet Hot American Summer one more time. <laughs> Everybody should see it. Did you watch the Netflix series? I tried. It's uh, it's weird. <laughs> I tried. It's a very bizarre. There's two of them, actually. I think there's like a two yes. seasons. It's yeah. confusing. It is very confusing. I didn't realize it was a 
pre the first season's a prequel, I guess, right? I don't know. See, it's confusing. The Ron Chapman, what would you recommend alongside Cocaine Bear? Uh, the two things that come to mind are Tucker and Dale versus Evil came to, came to mind when I watched this. Uh, not nearly as sharp as that, but um, and then um, Piranha 3D um, from uh, God, I don't know how long ago that was. Now I haven't really revisited to see if it's still any good, but I liked it a lot in theaters. And it's just you know Piranhas, you know maiming people in the in the ocean. So it's about the same level of um, you know storytelling, you know, as, as this one. So mm-hmm. yeah. If you're looking for B-movie thrills, you just want to see people get ripped apart. Piranha 3D. We got you. So I have two. Uh, number one, sort of similar to the vein uh, that Nathan laid out in terms of like a good horror comedy that leans into a fun kind of genre idea. I'm going to go with Planet Terror, which is one half of the Grindhouse double feature. Uh, the one that was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Again, sort of another zombie riff, but I, I like that because it, it fully is committing to B-movies, but with like a massive budget. It's wild and it's clearly a love letter to silly b movies of old and i feel like cocaine bear would have been better served if they leaned into that type of old school b movie thrills sort of thing throughout the entire movie Mm. um versus trying to have this weird sentimental i don't want to say it's the a plot but kind of i guess it is the a plot that was the main driving emotional thread in the story um i i lean into the silliness guys secondly i'm going to recommend my favorite bear in fiction banjo from banjo kazooie <laughs> the n64 classic <laughs> listeners can't see i've got it on my shelf over here along with he the n64 and uh yeah exactly (laughs) it's just a great game it's charming he's got a bird in his backpack that lets him fly around he collects jigsaw puzzle pieces music notes he likes music come on what's not to love (laughs) he he likes collecting stuff uh but if i want a charming bear experience i play banjo kazooie uh available right now on Nintendo switch online i wish they would pay me to say that (laughs) (laughs) i did not think banjo kazooie would have entered this conversation but here we are. I didn't think we. I didn't think cocaine and bears would enter our conversation <laughs> a few months ago. But here we here are. Here we are. You know, I've been looking for years for an opportunity to bring up Banjo Kazooie in a conversation related to movies that actually made any some of sense. So I think that 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 was a checking off the bucket list. You know. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, let's move into our second film of the day, Creed Three. I spent the last seven years of my life. Living out my wildest dreams. Bianca. Rocky. My dad. This is built on their shoulders. Hey, my man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph? No, nah, I ain't signing an autograph, but you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? Damien. How long were you locked up? 18 years, bro. Just got out last week. Glad to have you back out, huh? I know I've been away a long time, but I kept myself in shape. I still got gas in the tank. Come by the gym. Thank you. Curious what happened with you two? I didn't tell you. We was like brothers. I was the best, though. But I never got a chance to prove that. According to IMDb, Creed 3 is described as Adonis has been thriving in both his career and family life, but when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy that's played by Jonathan Majors, very important detail, resurfaces, <laughs> the face-off is more than just a fight. This is the third film in the Creed trilogy, which is a spinoff of the Rocky series. So it's actually the ninth film set in the Rocky universe. It's the third to star Michael. Just call it Philadelphia. I thought. (laughs) (laughs) But go on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Atlanta's got the TV show. Philadelphia's got Creed. Apparently, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is also Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, and Ryan Coogler, famously of Black Panther, the film's also the first film's director from 2015, uh, did receive a story and executive producer credit, which I just want to note was an important detail. I kind of had forgotten that he'd worked on the first one. And 
I really, uh, I guess I'm playing my hand a little here, but I liked the story and I was like, oh man, that was a lot better than I thought. And then his name showed up on the story credits and I was like, that's why. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, what did you think of Creed 3? Laurent Chapman, I'll start with you. Man, I uh, I actually caught it today, like just this ahead. Is fresh on the mind. Though. Fresh on the mind. Okay. He's literally sweating through the sweating sweatshirt. Through, yeah, I'm still like I'm still there. I'm still in the <laughs> ring. Um, but I, I just I really love the performances in this. You know, um, from everyone, even the supporting. You know, Felicia Rashad is the mom. Tessa Thompson's really good in this as well. And you know, it's nice seeing her not being relegated to just the wife at home role. They really give her some dimension and you know and dynamic there. She has a lot of agency and a lot to say in certain moments. She influences him in a big way. Um, but, man, I mean, I'm, we're getting, we'll get into it later. But, man, Jonathan Majors is having a year, you know. Um, I mean, he's, even a, he's a movie star, guys. The, like, no you, ma- know, you know how there's just certain actors where you're like, this guy's a he's movie got it. star. He's, he's got, got the it. thing. Even in movies I don't care for, <laughs> you know, he's good in them. You know, he he's a standout, you know. so He, like, owns the screen every time he's there, just all Absolutely. the energy. It, 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 when he's opposite, uh, acting opposite of Michael B. Jordan, who also has yeah. – He's not short on charisma. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, really solid direction from him, you know. Um, It felt like a very confident debut, you know. Um, And then he kind of had a lot to kind of – he was saddled with a lot, you know, to do this by himself, you know. So, But he didn't, though, because like you said, we had Ryan Coogler. Um, But, yeah, so I'm really, really pretty pretty favorable on this. Um, Really love the backstory, too. We'll get into that um, as we we go on. But, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really hot on this one. LeBron is hot. Like, hot. Again, he's hot literally off the, hot, he's off, hot off of it. He's sweating <laughs> through the sweatshirt. Not really. Uh, Nathan Poppy, what did you think of Creed Three? It's pretty spicy. I liked it. I feel like Rocky Five set the bar so low for every <laughs> Rocky film <laughs> moving forward that uh, you know your your expectations going into a Rocky movie are these guys are going to beat the hell out of each other, mm. and uh, I am going to sit and enjoy this. Uh, but uh, it it. The performances in this, as you've already stated, do really elevate it. Jonathan Majors is like the perfect. I can't. I couldn't pick a mm. perfect, more perfect foil for mm-hmm. him. If you let me cast anybody, like he, he brings it. He is the, uh, pretty pretty perfect uh, uh, villain. Yeah. In this role, um, I really enjoyed it. I can tell you this, Michael B. Jordan. Loves anime. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. If and you peep his childhood room in the movie, uh, the walls will tell you uh, what you need to know. It makes so much sense now. As far as uh, what really pushed him. And that was probably one of the cooler things outside of the performances is that this kind of looks and feels a little different than previous mm-hmm. uh, Creed entries. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to keep the spoilers. Uh, we're not having any. But uh, the final fight, which Mm-mm. that's not a spoiler. There's always no, there's a, final a final fight, fight. In, a yeah. in a Creed movie. Um, very different than anything I would have, one, either expected, and two, uh, just just very different. Yeah. And kind of a, a – they took a swing with it sure. when – these movies do, for the most part, thematically, story-wise, keep it relatively safe. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, it's going to end with two people pummeling the crap out of each other. <laughs> but, um, you know, I can't imagine how hard it is to, like, shoot boxing and that action and make it look interesting and then change it up and add some new elements. And I do not know anything about boxing, but uh, probably some of the stronger fights. Um, there's not a ton of boxing in this. There's plenty of drama. Um, but when it is boxing time, you are, uh, they pull it off. Yeah. Which also feels like another anime trope within itself, which is there's always a lot of build up to the big thing, mm-hmm. you know, and then, but then when the big thing happens, it's the, you know, usually they deliver. Um, yeah, I, I likewise really dug this movie way more than I thought I would. I thought two was just okay on it. Like, like it wasn't the first one. I think I still think is exceptional. Like just sure. beat Tough expectations beat. on every level, had things to say, um, about like race in America, about yeah. the Rocky as a character. It just was a huge surprise. And it was kind of a proof of concept too, because it was like, can we do this without Stallone being the star mm-hmm. of the movie? And it worked. It, it worked, worked, you know, so. I don't even think they said his name. Oh, they do they, in this they, one? They say it one time. It's um, whenever he's trying Rocky? to. Yeah. yeah. 
one time, yeah. and it's very offhand. And he, he like mentions He's, an old game that... So all I'll say is, I'll keep it vague, but basically Michael B. Jordan is trying to persuade another boxer to do a fight. And one of the ways he did it was by saying, yeah, uh, Rocky fought... Uh, Apollo oh, Creed, yeah, and that's yeah, what, yeah. And, that, and that was a huge fight. So yeah. he's trying to sell someone on the idea, and he just uses right. Rocky as an example. That, that's the only reference. I that. expected a lot more, and honestly, I was like, honestly, maybe it's okay that they didn't. But I, I, I expected them to do that, to lean into it. Like, if he's not here, they're going to be heavy on the references, and they weren't. I, appre- I actually think that was a good choice. Yeah, well, I, I think that it works for the film because, um, okay, so you guys have already hit on the performances, which are, which are stellar, the anime um, kind of visual style, which I think is really innovative and um again i i'm like you nathan i don't know anything about boxing but just kind of the 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 dynamics the personal dynamics and being able to read how the individuals are feeling in the moment based off of how they're throwing punches and mm-hmm. how they're receiving punches um based it's again framed almost exactly like you'd see in an anime i i really it took it up a couple notches for me maybe it's because i like anime but mm-hmm. um it really worked for me but the other thing i would say is you know, there have been how many air quotes Lego sequels or requels, uh, mm-hmm. if you want to call them. I, I'm so mad at Scream for using the term requel because it was already <laughs> a thing separately. Uh, but, I mean, you've got, you know, the Jurassic World franchise. You've got the Star Wars franchise. you got the Terminator franchise twice. I mean, like, it's – there's been so many attempts by Hollywood studios to do this whole, oh, we're going to bring back the old gang. Yeah. And they're going to, you know, pass the torch to the new gang. Mm-hmm. But almost – universally that never actually happens. What you have is you have the old gang come back. People like the old game because it's nostalgic. They give them way more to do than they probably should. Yeah. It d- uh, diminishes the screen time the new gang gets. And then, then by the time they get to the third one, they're like, Oh crap. People are way more interested in the old gang than the new gang. And let's Whoops. just, and uh, yeah, it's not very good. Like it mm-hmm. just, it, it just fails almost across the board. Yeah. And, I think Creed three might be one of the handful of examples. The only other franchise that came to mind would be the Star Trek franchise, 2009. We get the original Spock is in the 2009 Star Trek and he's phased out in later films. And it really is the, but that's the only other franchise I can think of where it's like, Oh no, no, this is Creed's movie. Yeah. Rocky is mentioned, Yeah, but he's in no way influencing the story, the character motivations. He's not really here. Yeah. And I think what it does is it, provides a lot of a lot more creative opportunities for the Creed character. Mm. They could continue him down this path where he becomes the old Rocky character. Sure. Uh, they could say, uh, you know, they could make pull him back in Rocky four style where he has to come back into the ring and overcome. I mean, there's just so many more oppor- options they could take now that we don't have to worry about, Oh, what's Rocky doing? And also uh, not to spoil the second film, I guess, but Rocky gets a really nice send off in that second movie Whereas if he never shows up again, I feel like we're in great shape. Yeah. So I um, I, all that's to say, I, I think that one thing I really li- admire about Creed three is it takes that legacy sequel concept, executes it successfully without like taking swings at Rocky, but also not letting the Rocky legacy dictate where the story goes next, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. But I, but one other thing I want to talk about though, is the scale because thinking back about two, we have one, the reintroduction. You have the second one where they amp up the stakes to Rocky Four levels. Oh, literally <laughs> fighting the the what's his bucket son from in Creed Drago. II. Drago's kid, right? And uh, and he's this giant beefy like machine, much like Drago uh, from Rocky Four. Um, this one takes things a lot more personal. It takes it back to a more personal level. Not that Jonathan Majors is not a physical threat, but he's definitely not this towering behemoth sure. of a man uh, that seems impossible to beat. Um, so I, I, I'll start with you, Nathan. I mean, did you think this was a uh, kind of focusing more on the personal story of three versus the scale? Was a uh, did that work pretty well for you overall when you think about the the whole series? Yeah, uh, I think. What other direction can you go? Because, you know, he's kind of at the top. Uh, I will say that maybe one of the bigger weaknesses in this film is just how befuddled Michael B. Jordan's character Adonis gets. Like, uh, Jonathan Majors really throws him for a loop. And at times it almost feels like uh, for someone that's been in the boxing world for so long, uh, he just gets his ass kicked like verbally. Uh, he just almost seems like he's so out of touch, but, 
Um, he did provide a pretty uh, fantastic foil to him. So I get that. But bringing in the more personal thing, uh, adding kind of like that uh, element of he is terrified of that trauma uh, from his past is uh, about as great an internal conflict as you could probably bring into it. This, who else is going to take down the the champ? Mm-hmm. Who else is going to be able to get him to do the stuff he he does in this movie? You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of yeah. crazy, right? Because well, we can't spoil the movie, but I would say Jonathan Majors, because he knows uh, Adonis from uh, Dame's is the character's name. Yeah, uh, Damien knows him from a past life. He's able to get Adonis to do a bunch of stuff that, and professionally. Like it, no one would ever do. Right, right. Like it, but but because it's a friend, and because sure. he's Adonis Creed at the top, he makes some choices. Right. I don't know. I just, that was uh pretty pretty interesting because I hear you. It seems like he's constantly like I don't know how to handle this. It's like uh, he just doesn't know how to react when it's trauma. You know, yeah. which is interesting. But Laurent, what did you think? Yeah, I think as soon as the backstory is introduced, um, and like he says, it takes a more personal tone. I think right as soon as that happens, that's when we have kind of we see now where the franchise can go, you know, if they continue to continue on with more stories um, outside of the Rocky narrative, because now we realize now that Adonis is this complex character. He has a background. He has, you know, there's there's enough meat on its bones at this point now to kind of mine new territory. And I think that. I stopped thinking about it as a Rocky movie and more about this kind of, you know, more of a character study of Adonis, even even more than the first two films kind of introduced. And so um, I think it was a really smart move, and I think it really added a, an emotionally resonant, you know, um, uh, you know, character arc for him, you know, so. I wasn't even thinking about Rocky during this movie. And yeah. I think I was, I would honestly say I was during the first, Two. two, yeah, I, you I almost mean, couldn't you not. Could not impossible yeah. not to. But yeah. I didn't think about Rocky, yeah, until I, I left and I went. Did they even say? <laughs> yeah, it really is like a pat. You could miss it. It's super easy. You can to watch miss. this by itself and still be it still be effective. I think right. obviously yeah. there's some benefit to watching the other two, but I do think it works as a standalone story. Do, I mean, is that a Nathan? Maybe I should turn to you. I mean, here, hmm. do you th- is that a feature or a bug for you? No, that's smart. That's the way to do it. Make it. Uh, it, again, it's Creed. It's the third Creed. It should be Creed's show. So I think it's a, a, a the smartest way to handle that because let let uh, there could be so many different angles and interesting uh, things to explore in Adonis. So I didn't I didn't miss it. Mm. I I did read some. Uh, I mean, not too much behind the scenes juice, but I was kind of curious. I did some like research on it, and I guess the reason he Sly wasn't in this is because he didn't like the direction they decided to go. Mm. Um, okay. But it, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have known that it, like, the movie seems like it was built without him in mind at all. Yeah. So it doesn't. Yeah, it does, you don't feel that it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's missing that. You know what I mean? Like it, they found a way to tell the story without it. Mm. Well, um, you know, thinking about I, I've already talked about this sort of the context of, of trilogies. I mean, uh, Lauren, I'll turn it to you here. I mean, how would you kind of compare this to other third trilogy entries? Which is I mean, it's pretty solid above average, below average. I think this is pretty solid. I think I, this is, it's actually surprising because I actually would have expected this one to be the weakest entry. And it, I mean, just next to the, the, the first creed, I think it's my favorite, you know? So, um, and there's aspects of this. I like more even than that one, but, but a lot had to be established first for us to care about Michael B. Jordan's character. And so the, the first one has to kind of get it just by default, but I actually think it's a really strong entry. Um, I love the bond between him and Jonathan Major's character. I love the I love a lot that's not said about about the the two of them. You can see they're both deal, wrestling with things. Um, the way that he feels that he has to do something to kind of atone for the situation, you know, that happens between them. Um, like you understand that, you know, and it it makes their bond and their their the conflict between them a little bit more complex, you know, so that we're not like really rooting for either one of them to fail really. I mean, there's something they're going about it in different ways, you know, and well, and they're both victims of the system, which I think yeah. was a night. Nice, I mean, uh, you know, race sure. in America, which was a, a problem, a prominent theme, especially, I mean, all three of them, but especially the first one. Yeah. And it seemed, cause that's the thing you're not really, yeah. You understand why both characters are kind do of what coming, they do. do what they do. do and it seems, and you're kind of rooting for both of them. Right. You know, which makes the final SmackDown that much more like, man, I'm invested because I'm not, it's not one sided. You know, you're not just that you're, you have 
a little bit of a stake, you know, for both of them. Um, and obviously we're not telling spoilers, but the, a little conversation and you guys, now that you've seen the film know between the two of them, you know, that they have in the, in the dressing room mm-hmm. at the end of the story is really, comp- I mean, I really love what was said, you know, about how we can't, you know, like you said, it's, we're, we're products of this system. You know what I mean? Like we were kids and we can't really, you know what I mean? Like we can't blame one or the other for, for what's mm-hmm. happened. It, we, the, you know, the, if the cards were decked, you know, uh, passed against us. So, um, I really like that, that sentiment there at the end. I think it really tied everything up really nicely. So, mm-hmm. Nathan, what do you? What about you? What did you think about this? Is a in the context of like a trilogy ender, uh, about as solid as you can get. Uh, having recently watched uh, Jurassic World Dominion, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You can uh, you can just crash and burn <laughs> a, a a trilogy, and like I didn't even care that they did it. That's how bad. I'm like, yeah. I was not interested in finding out where any of you ended up. So um, for it to like, if I, if I ever did care that this movie made me like, yeah, walk that back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like it, it, <laughs> whatever the be, one was before that, that's yeah. where I checked out. And then by the time this came, like you said, I was no longer I'm exhausted. I'm yeah. exhausted. I don't care. And wow, we're going really off the rails here. And, and I'm, I, but I, like you said, wasn't invested after the lost world. So I do appreciate uh, the boxing movie theme of when you beat the hell out of somebody uh, in a previous movie, they will become your best friend <laughs> down the road. That it's amazing. Cracks me up. I'm like, didn't you guys just hate each other? Right. <laughs> Wait a second. But um, there's a bond that's formed when someone beats the crap out of you in a public event. I wouldn't the whole know. Watching. I wouldn't know. I haven't, I haven't gotten into a heavyweight title boxing match yet. But um, as far as uh, a way to to end this, like it, it's a trilogy that I didn't even know that I wanted. I had never sat around and said, "Wonder if Creed had any other kids I don't know about." Right. So uh, they they the first definitely the strongest of the trilogy. Uh, two solid and three uh, didn't slack and uh, solid movie. Mm-hmm. Had a good time. That's great. Man, I, I just it's it's a it's so refreshing to have a third entry that like doesn't suck. I will say uh it definitely helps to watch the first two before okay. you I yeah. wouldn't go into this one blind. So if anybody's listening and like, do I need the other creeds? Yes. Do I need the other six Rockies? You do not. <laughs> I, th- I believe both of the That's Creed true. movies are both on Amazon Prime currently. So uh, HBO Max. And HBO. I, oh and oh HBO Max. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Good note. Um, yeah, I mean, I, not too much to add uh, to what you two have said. Um, I think, Nathan, you, you laid it out well. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of bad trilogies out it's there. It's hard and to it, do this. So they really accomplished something pretty remarkable. <laughs> I, I know I've seen some people say it's fairly safe, and Nathan, you even said it earlier, but I actually think, you know, you know, that's okay. You know, I, I will just leave you with this, and this is something that I walked away thinking. The Scream trilogy. Yeah. The original Scream trilogy, right? <laughs> you know how... Be specific. <laughs> Be specific. <laughs> not, not the one that is unfolding uh, in front <laughs> the of The requel. We're on yeah. the sequel. <laughs> where the, yeah. Uh, you know how we, we get the Randy Meeks scene in the third one where he kind of lays out the rules sure. of the trilogy that then the movie itself does not follow, actually? Actually, yeah. Yeah. I think this movie, like, it makes me think, I'm like, oh, the Creed trilogy did that. The, the first one establishes the stakes, mm-hmm. meet the characters, here's the stakes, here's kind of what we're doing. The second one ratchets it up. Mm-hmm. Things are more intense, high, stakes are higher than ever. Yeah. And the third one, you introduce unknown backstory that adds more color to the entire trilogy and puts a pin on all of it. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I think the Creed trilogy did that. They did do that. They and do that. Uh, if you want to put Jonathan Majors in every movie. I will watch it. I will watch it. Scream <laughs> 7. Put him in there. Yeah, like, why the, is the ghost Make so him Ghostface. <laughs> yeah. Ghostface is ripped. Who did it? Those who's, the, arms. who's the guy? My, my, my. Those arms. <laughs> Everyone's, I feel so safe in your arms, Ghostface. <laughs> Guys, who's the killer? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, my gosh. But yeah, Majors, man, I mean, I'm really excited for his career because, like, yeah. I mean, just this year alone. I mean, we got like you said. Uh, I didn't love Ant Man, but he was good. In oh, it. he was he was a standout. He was good in it. And yeah. He's obviously he's great here. And then we got Magazine Dreams coming out with Sundance Darling. 
You know, I'm excited to watch that. But just, I mean, when he, you know, kind of came onto the scene with the last black man in San Francisco, like that was such a different character too. From, yeah, mm-hmm, he has range. What we see today, and that's what works so well with can even do... this character. Yeah, yeah. Like he's feels small and shy, mm-hmm. and before long, he finally the sweatshirt's off, and you're like, you go, oh shit. my god, there's yeah, no way. He, like so... a punch isn't going to do anything to this. No, guy. he's no. a he's a beast. It's yeah. um no, it's it's impressive. He made a a big splash with that movie. I, I think that movie. I mean, again, that was a great way of film to sort of like showcase his talent. Yeah. Um, and I've, I mean, he's since then he's been cast in so many different projects and he's exceptional in all of them. Yeah. I haven't seen one thing where I haven't been like this yeah. guy. I even liked him in that HBO show. The, the what was Lovecraft. The, Lovecraft. Yeah. 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 He no, was he was great. excellent. He was in that. Great in that yeah. You know, so yeah. Jonathan majors, watch out, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> he is coming for the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, well, let's wrap up here with letter grades. Uh, Nathan, I'll start with you on this one. Like what letter grade would you give Creed three B plus? B plus. All right. Much better than that C minus. Ron Chapman. <laughs> see, I was oscillating between a B plus and an A minus on this. And I mean, I think I need to see it a second time before I secure that. But I'll, I'll stick with B plus as well. I think cool. it's a really solid, you know, genre film. Again, made me care about a sports movie. I kind of hate sports movies and unless they're they have Samuel Jackson in them. And so um it just, you know, uh so that yeah, to get me invested in a boxing movie again that's not like Clint Eastwood's million dollar baby or something, then um is unheard of. So the fact that I was as into this as, you know, as I was when I was watching it actually surprised me quite a bit. You know, about midway through I was like, I I'm really liking this movie. Yeah. You know, so you're, uh, like like you're almost liking it so much. What, two things for me that happened. Uh one is I was like so into it. I was like, holy cow, I kind of don't want this movie to end because I'm like real. I'm like re- enjoying it. Yeah. Just enjoying it. Rematch. Rematch. Like, but even before not, they get to the not final like cocaine, fight. Not like Cocaine Bear where I'm like, God, how long is this 90 minute movie? This is like. <laughs> it's if two it, hours. It, Creed 3 is two hours. Flies. And it just yeah, yeah. didn't. I couldn't tell you how long it was. I was just having a good time the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. Great story. Um, There was a second thing that I forgot, but. <laughs> Needless to say, great movie. I'm going to give it an A minus. I'll, I'll commit. I, okay. I just think the challenge of doing a third movie and the fact that I think it landed it so successfully again, maybe it didn't like reinvent the wheel, but I think in this case it was a, that was the right choice to yeah. make, and uh, it really paid off emotionally for me. Um, so yeah, A minus. You know, maybe I'll even oscillate up to an A if on a rewatch. I hope. Um, yeah. and it, Hi, I, I kind of think I need to rewatch the whole. Ch- that's what I'm saying. It's so good. I want to go back and rewatch. The yeah, whole I want to compare them. That's that's what I'll yeah. know. I'll submit my rating on that. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, last thing, uh, alternate media recommendation here: movie, television show, novel. Laron Chapman. Start with you. You know, I'm going to go with. You know, I want you guys to explore the these actors' work. So I'm going to say Fruitvale Station, the last man in the last black man in San Francisco. And then if you like boxing movies that are more dramatic, Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby, pulling that one off the shelf. <laughs> Clint Eastwood's Million Dollar Baby. It's very, uh, it's very good uh, for the Oscar season that we're in right now. So I think the reason I recommend that one, because I won't say tonally it's the same, it's more so that it's, it's a character-driven story that happens to surround around boxing, and it doesn't really, you know what I mean, you don't have to love the sport to get invested in the story. And I think that's what they accomplished with Creed III, So All right. Very impressive. Nathan Poppy, what would you recommend? I'm a, such a sucker for boxing movies, so I could I could trail off a few. I <laughs> like Cinderella Man. I Ooh, do like that one. That's a good one. Holds like up surprisingly well. Russell Crowe, right? Yes. Yeah. And Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, uh, not Clint Eastwood. What is his name? <laughs> Opie from uh, Oh Ron Howard. Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah. Film. Oh, he directed uh, that? Yep. Oh, snap. Yep. Okay. I know. No, people don't mention it enough. Nobody <laughs> people, saw people that like movie. To, uh, people like the fact are... that you said it, and I'm like, I forgot about that movie, and I really liked it when I saw it. So, you know, I'm Good not going to sit story. here, and, and my, this is not a Ron Howard podcast, but I just have to say. <laughs> it is what? now. It is now. <laughs> I, just, I just have to say, um, I think there is a, a, a significant generation, maybe a generational thing, maybe it's millennials or Gen Z, but. There's a lack of respect for Ron Howard as a really top-notch, low-key. He's not a flashy director, but he's really yeah. solid. When he's good, he's good. Like, even Rush, when that came out I lo- I sometime back, I was like, why I care way too much about this <laughs> racing movie. I was like, I don't give a shit about racing, but this movie, I'm in it. <laughs> but okay, uh, Cinderella Man, any, anything else? Uh... Not uh, as strong, but Southpaw is pretty decent. Uh, yeah. Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal, uh, 
bringing his A game uh, on that one. Uh, so another solid boxing entry, I would suggest Southpaw. Um, and I'll just have to echo the last black man in San Francisco. Um, everything about that movie from the soundtrack, uh, to the performances, uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's one of those movies that just make, reminds you why you like movies in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hopefully more people will go and check that out once they see Jonathan Majors in this and Ant-Man and all the other stuff that he is, uh destined to rock very shortly absolutely I, i'm so excited the world is discovering him right now i think um, we're seeing a young denzel or a young yeah. you know i don't know what it, comparatively uh the, something like that like the, the makings of a star is going to have staying power you know and just going to his dominated in every role he's in continues so. it's so easy to say like oh they're the next fill in the blank but uh, he's absolutely going to be. He's like he's next. the best part of everything he's the in. The next whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and like he's in a lot of good. St everything he does is other name man. It's pretty good. Like, and he's the best part of all of it. I think. Um, you know, not much other to add. Um, that final scene of Last Black Man of San Francisco, most specifically not the last scene, but like the kind of segue to the credits. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about mm -hmm. with the with the music, the song, moves me to tears. Not because it's like sad, it's just such a beautiful artistic visual. The music with the imagery of what's happening on the screen in the context of the story you just witnessed is just deeply I, I got it's good it's, stuff. It's a great movie. So yeah. I will echo that as the third. If you have not seen The Last Black Man in San Francisco, go check that out. I'm also going to recommend uh Scott Pilgrim versus the World. We've all seen that. <laughs> that is another movie that lives heavily from anime in terms of like its visual style for the fight sequences. I think it does it really really well. Uh, I'm going to throw out the anime One Punch Man if you want to lean into uh anime that is fighting sequences that and there's definitely some uh, overlap in style there. And yeah, I'll leave it those uh, for today. I think that's that's plenty for the listener to chew on. But yeah, I think uh, Nathan said it well. Go back and rewatch the other movies too. Well, gentlemen, based on our letter grades, I'm gonna I'm mm -hmm. gonna assess that we're we're coming down pretty well. This is more like a I don't know what's a good Rocky match that's just a total blowout. <laughs> of Rocky versus Adrian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rest Rocky in peace. <laughs> She's also totally dead at this point. Yeah. Too, so. <laughs> Super dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can edit this part out if you want to. <laughs> the Ron. Yes. Cocaine Bear. I mean, it looks like looks like uh, Creed. I think could... we know who won this, this this battle. It's fine. Now, in the actual ring, there's there's another there's another debate to be had. But if we're just comparing the merit of the films, then I think I think. Creed 3 has this one in the bag. So people have to pick one movie to go see. They go see Creed 3. It, it depends on their taste, but yeah, I think they'll probably get more out of Creed 3. They'll be they'll be more nourished by by Creed 3. Mm. So they're not it's not just like a it's like cocaine bear is like a pixie stick. Cocaine cocaine bear is like a, a icy that's a little watered down, you know, like yeah. a watered down icy and okay. then yeah. I think um I mean insert your favorite concession snack because i'm gonna say the wrong thing i'm gonna say i must say gourmet pretzels someone's gonna be like they hate pretzels so whoa whoa gourmet pretzels i'm are... into it the soft pretzels i don't like hard pretzels i like the soft ones so you know with the nacho cheese because i'm trash mm. all right <laughs> nathan poppy what concession stand item would you compare <laughs> these movies to <laughs> we're gonna be here a while i've got a <laughs> 10,000 thoughts about this. It's mozzarella sticks. Uh, uh, well, I would assume it sounds like you also like Creed 3 more than Cocaine Bear. Got the need for Creed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's just an all-around uh, solid, fun time at the movies. Yeah. All right, listeners. Well, there you have it. We have a double feature today. I am I think all of us are in agreement. I agree. Creed 3 is no, it's no contest. The better movie. You know, hopefully... You know, if you're maybe if, if you're like us, you probably go see most of the stuff anyway. But in this case, if you're one of those people, you're listening and it's like neither one of these movies seem like the huge air quotes event movies. And you're like, well, I can only see one in February or beginning of March. Yeah. Make it Creed three. That's definitely the way to go. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking time. We're recording this on a Sunday evening. So out of your Sunday evenings uh, to uh, you know, weigh in on both of these films, I uh, want to let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and your work online. Nathan Poppy. 
Yep, always on Twitter, at Nathan Poppy, P-O-P-P-E, and you can always pick up uh, the latest edition of the Curbside Chronicle if you're living in Oklahoma City. Uh, those are always wonderful places to see what I am cooking. Laurent? I'm never on Twitter unless to see what's trending, you know, for that <laughs> week, and then I'll, I'll go scroll through the tweets, but I don't make them. Uh, but you can follow them all of my reviews on Letterboxd at black underscore Senna underscore man. Or you can follow me on um, Instagram at Black Movie Magic OKC. Or you can follow me under my name, Leron Chapman, on Facebook. All right, listeners, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, all at Letter C Masters Talk. Uh, again, Twitter, uh, less and less these days, but usually tweeting about film, television, and video games. Uh, and uh, Letterboxd for all my. You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll take a, uh, I'll write a longer version for Letterboxd. I'll shorten for Twitter or vice versa in there. So, uh, but yeah, check out Letterboxd. Again, we keep selling the app. It's a great place to go. Um, Letterboxd.com. You can track all of your movie reviews and see what Laurent, uh, Nathan, and I all think about hey, movies. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to find your Letterbox. And then <laughs> I didn't know there were ad experiences on here. I was freaking ads. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you again next time when we return in two weeks for our review of Scream 6. Also known as Ghostface Takes Manhattan. I can't believe it's here already. 